It was a Monday night like any other. I was close to 30, deep into the losing side of 25. I'd been to Paris once, but one night is hardly time for knowing. I grabbed a bite at Cafe Coco, hoping to ease my mind, no use. My thoughts spun, Bimo Noir files played on repeat. Why would a straight mo take such a crooked path for an elegant bird like Lorraine? Later, Ned and I sat down to record our podcast. We had been here before, but there was something off, some nagging feeling I just couldn't shake. The two things I knew for fat were the soft bite of my 50-year-old scotch and that the man Ned knew since university was dead. All right. That's little uh, Russell Noir for you right there, guys. Little Russell Noir. Little yeah. Russell, Russell Natizzle. Welcome, fellow travelers, to... An Adventure Time podcast. I hope you're doing as fabulous as I feel like me and Ed probably both are. Yeah, it's not too bad starting off uh, May the right way with some uh, with some good work. It's some good whiskey and some beautiful weather outside. And uh, can I mix things up a little bit today? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. I I want to I want to lead with my recommendation today, just oh, because okay. that's why I'm in a good mood, man. Uh, I'm in a good mood. Jedi Survivor, new Star Wars video game came out, and it is fantastic. So good. Okay. I just had to lead wow. with that to, to give the crowd a little bit of context on some, some like you said, we're doing, we're doing well. After I just listened to one of last week's episodes where we were both like, man, we're tired. We're yeah. so tired <laughs> all the time. And so trying to be a little bit more energized, eating healthy, yeah. been cooking at home, playing some Jedi. I'm going to go see... Return of the Jedi in theaters tomorrow night too, which is awesome. Okay. Is that for uh like May 4th type of thing? Uh it's a 40th year anniversary. Uh 40th year anniversary, but pretty close to May 4th, which is cool. Okay. That's that's pretty awesome. And then what what is it? Revenge of the Sith, the fifth? Uh, Revenge right of after the fifth. That. <laughs> right after <laughs> that. Yes. No, I yeah. I need to try to watch um Star Wars and Empire before Jedi too, before this Tuesday, but that's tomorrow night. So we'll see how much I actually have to work tomorrow or how much yeah. I'm actually watching Star Wars movies. But just wanted to lead it off with my rec because um, that is part of a good vibe, good mood. I love that. No, I think we should definitely lead this off on a good mood because this is a good episode. We're going to be talking mm-hmm. about Bimo Noir yes. and just a hence, little bit here. Hence Russell's Noir intro. I kind of ruined that. I don't know. With what are you rec, talking about? But... What are you talking about? That was that was all in my head. I don't. I, I don't don't know what you're saying, Ned. Um, <laughs> That's how Russell normally speaks. He uh yeah. he's watched this episode so many times he is no. actually inclined a, to only speak in film noir now. Well, it was an internal monologue, I believe. Um <laughs> but no, let's well I'll talk about my rec then. My rec is, you know, Cowboy Bebop. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. when I was watching this episode, all I could think about was like, mm. man, Cowboy Bebop definitely has some influence from film noir. There are several moments in that where, of course, you have the femme fatale. You've got all these different tropes. I mean, I, I wouldn't even mind. We can just kind of start off this episode by discussing a little bit like what those are for this BMO noir episode. I mean, it's pretty obvious with Cowboy Bebop, you know, Faye Valentine as the femme fatale. Mm-hmm. And you've got, well, what is it actually? Is it, femme fatale, is it Faye or is it his love interest? I think it's actually his love interest 
who is also Vicious's love interest. That's obviously the femme fatale. And, and Faye is a femme fatale to some degree. Um, but here in this episode, we've got Lorraine, which is, you know, obviously she's she's luring, she's manipulating Ronnie in some ways and and confessing about cheating on him in front of him, knowing that he's here. Like, and we're gonna get deeper into all this, but mm. you got red herrings, which is like the lipstick on Ronnie's neck at the beginning of this episode. Maybe it's the dream sequence from a certain point of view, which I might dive into with my theoretically speaking later in this episode. You know, your main character, he's in too deep. He's, he's, uh, his morales are, are being challenged and he's deteriorating and he's kind of, a, it's falling of, of BMO as he moves on where he's going as deep as to smother Bebe with ash from the fireplace I mean, that's not something that BMO does, but he's emotional. You know, he just found out about, you know, so he just found out about Bebe and Lorraine and he's pissed off. And then you've got this, the black and white film, the shadowy lighting, the voiceover narrative, the unnerving dream sequence. There's so many wonderful mm -hmm. moments. And I'm just, I, I guess I wanted to go through that because I just wanted to let everybody know I am so hyped to talk about this episode. I don't know. Yeah that I'm any expert on film noir. And in fact, I would almost argue that I am the opposite of that. I had to literally look up, like, when was the classic film noir in Hollywood? Like, the 40s and the 50s, you know? You had mm -hmm. double indemnity. You had murder, but my sweet. Like, I, I didn't know that before Yeah, and we've, I mean, we've seen it. We've seen it play out in, I think, what's called neo-noir nowadays, um, where it's things like uh, the new Batman movie was definitely a film noir uh neo noir yeah. again it's not black and white it's like again i have the same thing as you where i have all these notes about what this episode did specifically where it was black and white photography contrasting light and shadows use of voiceover narrations double cross wrongly accused people flashbacks swarthy characters and a protagonist <laughs> of, of the story who is a hard-boiled detective is all very similar again the, the tropes of a uh a noir movie but then there's like the neo-noir stuff. Again, I think probably the first time I was introduced to something as aggressively as that was when I tried to watch uh, Watchmen. Watchmen is definitely a noir movie. And when I think I tried oh, yeah. to watch that in, what, seventh grade, eighth grade? Maybe earlier. That was middle I was school, like, for sure. I was, like, I was like, I don't fucking get this at all. I did not understand it. I did not. I don't. Again, it just like went. I was expecting a... Uh, Toby Maguire Spider Man, and I got film noir <laughs> Watchmen, and I was and, and honestly, I yeah. can tell you, man. As so as an, as a, a a learned Adventure Time fan, there was a, there was several years where this was one of my not favorite episodes, and I went wow, back and wow. was watching it tonight with with my wife, and she was like, "How have I not seen this episode?" And I said, "I." think it's because i've skipped it when we've watched through the oh, show. No. and she was Dude. like she's like she's like not gonna lie this might be one of my favorite ones so this one it's really good is a jackie it's really good for sure that's great that's good to know i think me and ali came out of this one feeling like oh this is phenomenal this is easily mm -hmm. one of my maybe not the best adventure time episode but one of my favorite episodes to watch i will definitely be hitting this one as i go back through adventure time you know mm -hmm. in the future and I, it's funny that you bring up Batman, dude, because my mind went to Batman and Robin, mm -hmm. the horniest Batman movie of all time with the sharp nipples and everything. And um, what is his face? Like, with all the cars, 
Jared, Wait. not Jared Leto. <laughs> Who was the Batman of that freaking movie? George uh, Clooney. George Clooney. Oh, you're going back to, to the the Poison Ivy and Ice yeah, Man. Yeah, because Poison Ivy is... Arnold Schwarzenegger one. Yeah, she. I mean, she's the femme fatale in that. Like, there's, mm-hmm. you know, Batman is just known for kind of being based off of film noir or like having those yeah. influences, heavy, heavy influences. So, yeah, well, they definitely went that way with the Robert Pattinson one. They left that, they left a film noir aspect. That of was it more with, apparent. Yes. It was yeah, way more Christian apparent Bale. than that one. Uh, I agree. And it was a lot based again on this, like they had the same score through the entire movie. They kind of used that same background score, which definitely had that noir mentality. Um, yeah. And it wasn't a, it was, there, there was some narrative in that actually of like, can't believe I've been a bat down in the cave down, <laughs> down here for so many years. <laughs> You're right. I, I forgot about that. There totally yeah. was. Yeah, there definitely well, that, was. That's so, great. I don't know. Maybe we should get a good, like, I think if they had, if you could go deeper in on this episode, if you could do BMO, but like BMO is Batman spinoff, that'd be fantastic. That would be so cool. I mean, he's once, already jumping out of nowhere and crowded chopping people. So <laughs> once once he's, chat he's GPT there. turns into write me an episode of cartoon GPT, we're definitely gonna get a, a BMO, <laughs> a Batman BMO miniseries. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I think we almost because I do feel like this might be a little bit of a confusing episode. It may be worth kind of summarizing what yeah, happened do, in a way I, real fast. I think, I mean, I don't blame you. I actually do need a recap to make sure that I understood it uh, and yeah. understood what actually happened. So, all right. what We got Finn Stock's well, missing, right? Finn Stock's missing. It's the easiest beginning point. And the narrator, or the narrator, which is BMO, leads us to believe that kind of throughout this episode, you're like, oh, BMO did it. Like, surely, like, he's, it's all pretend, whatever, mm-hmm. which... As maybe that's what happened. Maybe it's not. And we can talk about that later. And then Lorraine, according to the narrative that the show wants you to believe, unless you're like, well, obviously it's all BMO. Of course, it's a show, you know? Uh, Lorraine sets up Ronnie uh, to kill Bebe kind of mm-hmm. by manipulating Ronnie by yeah. revealing that she's cheating on Ronnie with yeah. Bebe. Okay, let's, let's pause there too, because okay. that scene... So do you think that Lorraine knew, or is, is obviously this is also all BMO, by the way. So, but we're digging deeper, guys. We're not stupid. We're just digging deeper. That I in the story, Lorraine knew that Ronnie was in the room when she was like, that's why I've, you know, been sleeping with, uh, with Bebe. So that Ronnie would kill Bebe. Well, is that why I she- certainly think so. I think she was frazzled though. And that was her revealing if you're really following the narrative that she recovers and she's able to go i have another plan there is a plan b in case this happened and that's when she resorts to revealing that she is cheating on she's just like committing to it because i think she was frazzled Mm -hmm. by bimo pressing her on baby when she let slip that it's Finn's sock, right? Okay, and so she like double, she like double backed on it too hard. She did, and then she, but she had a plan. She did have a plan, and it was to manipulate Ronnie if it came to that. And I think probably in a perfect mm-hmm. world, she would have never had to do that. She would have been able to set up BMO and move on. But in this episode, that's certainly not how it went down. And <laughs> BMO walks into this room 
with the chicken with lipstick on and says she looks as beautiful as ever. <laughs> Again, can we can we go ahead and get on uh, to my lovely of the episode? Give, give, give me some sugar, baby. And say that it's uh, it's obviously all BMO, but Lorraine, Lorraine got Lorraine. my lovely. Yeah, Lorraine. Wow, I think there was dude. something about it's all BMO and BMO voice, which you know BMO gets ultimate lovely all time forever, but. The fact that Bimo goes the distance of putting lipstick on a chicken, that made me smile a lot. And that's that why Lorraine so gets good. my lovely. I, I love that, dude. That's great. I actually, Lorraine, not my lovely, because I, I did end up just kind of giving it the Bimo. But there there might be, she might be my sexy character, man. Like oh. Lorraine, Lorraine might be my sexy character. Uh, yeah, man, she's hotter, or she's red hot like pizza supper. Red hot like pizza supper. Okay, like that's let I I just the quotes in this one are fantastic and so good. Oh, so, Bebo. one thing I do know from this, I mean, I don't know if it's this episode specifically, but um, I have listened to one of another great Adventure Time podcast. Guys, go listen to it. It's the Conversation Parade podcast. Um, they did this same thing with about two seasons of Adventure Time, like eight years ago or something crazy. But Nikki Yang is who voices BMO. Uh, Nikki Yang also does uh, Lady Rainicorn and I think probably like a couple other voices in the show. But Nikki Yang was on the Conversation Parade podcast and did mention that like English is far and away her second language. Like she, uh, and then she mentions throughout the show that like she would have things written on paper and just like have a hard time like remembering the lines of, like with how they were like phrased and said. Really? And okay. so that some of the stuff that BMO says is like organic Nikki Yang coming out is like English is not her first language. Um, which is like even the the pronunciations, the inflections, but also even some of the ways that like um I guess that like sentences are messed up a little bit like on purpose and or in even left in there because like it was like a, some or now don't quote me on that we will maybe we'll have Nikki Yang on here in the future to like talk <laughs> about it but I thought that that you know maybe. it's cool like all of the funny yeah. phrases the way they're said let's go through them let's go through our favorite uh, yeah, ones like what, man. what do you got what do you got is your favorite so I oh gosh I don't know if I have a a favorite favorite though to be fair Sure, he is a dirtbag born out of a mother, but who is not? Is a as a dang close one, if not my favorite one. Okay, I was um, going to ask you on that one specific because I have that one. Does that mean he's the son of a bitch? Is that yeah, what BMO's yeah. saying? Okay, yeah, for yeah. sure. That's okay. Good, good. I thought that I, I caught that one, and I was like, "Is he saying son of a bitch right now?" Like, <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, at some point, BMO says, "Oh gosh, that Lorraine fingered." Uh, uh, baby, and that that <laughs> gave me pause. <laughs> I was like, "What is going up?" Because he goes, "Beamer goes subtle, to wash up." I didn't even. Like, that one didn't even come up, up on my. It didn't come up on my radar either. It must yeah, have been so goes, subtle. Beamer's just like, "Yeah, it's not adding up." Why? Why did Ronnie take the sock? Why would Lorraine finger Baby? And you know, Baby being a remote <laughs> control. So, but I'm just like, man, it's it's so funny. It's so a little dirty, and that's when it says. Sure, he's a, uh, a dirt bag born out of a mother, but who is not? Uh, there's a couple other ones, man. I really like, uh, I'm going to, 
I'm going to go wash schmutz off my grabbers when I uh, mm-hmm. get back to you. Better start talking sense, which, uh, in case, and for those keeping track, Talking Sense is my favorite Talking Heads live album. Um, that's a little joke. But anyways, from Stop Making Sense, I'm, I'm explaining my jokes. They're not funny anyways. So um, another one, I feel like I got hit with a Dracula by King Kong, which I feel like I got hit by a Dracula by King Kong. Doesn't really make any sense to me, but I'm guessing it's just King Kong. I, I think that punch. one had to have been like, what would you say if you like woke up from getting knocked out? Like in your brain still like fuzzy at that point. Um, yeah, I don't know if some if some if we're wrong on that one, someone please explain Bimo's <laughs> mentality. Yeah, what what if I put some knuckle in your eyeballs? Would yeah, that, that help was, you think? <laughs> that was I said. What if I put some knuckle in your eyeballs? Uh, I had a couple too that were good. I had me and Lorraine are dinosaur bones. Yes, like, yeah, I just yeah. loved that one. Old news. Uh, and That's then I great. love how uh, I think it was when Bimo was leaving Lorraine's little room or whatever. Said forgetting ain't in my job description. No, like <laughs> I love that. Yeah, um, dude. He's, oh man, he's every one of my other favorite lines you've episode. already uh, you've already I've wrote them all down, but you already hit them all. Well, I just wanted to go through them all because there are just so many in this episode. I I wouldn't usually want to go through every single like favorite line, but I think this episode it deserves it. Bimo deserves all the love, mm-hmm. and I I think we certainly need to give it to Bimo certainly. Yeah, I said, um, my, like I said, by, by, I gave mine to Lorraine because I feel like if I just got, I, you know how many times I've already given my lovely to Bimo no. and had to kind of do like a proxy, proxy. Well, hey, Lorraine's my sexy character. She's she's one hot That's chick, good, you know? One hot chick. But back to, from then, it's like Lorraine set up Ronnie to kill mm-hmm. Bebe and then you have Ronnie takes the fall uh, after he steals the treasure in a sock, which was... Lorraine kind of like trapping him. I mean, that was her doing as well. Like Ronnie had the fall because BMO was too aware. And then BMO ends up letting Lorraine escape sort of. Wait, (laughs) that's actually, that was what I was going to ask was BMO figures out that it was Lorraine. I thought because there was lipstick on the ransom note or the note that was left behind. But he knew too much about Ronnie. Like he knew that Ronnie was involved and Ronnie was guilty to some degree, right? Because of Neptor. And that Ronnie Ronnie was down there to steal the treasure because Ronnie stole the treasure and then Lorraine ended up setting up Ronnie. So Ronnie stole the treasure and gave it to Lorraine as some sort of gift, but then Lorraine turned him in. Yeah, probably like, oh, we're going to run away together. And then of course, BMO sees the the note which is the confession note and it's written with her beak her lipstick yeah which is on his hands which is also like again you know it's on his hands is it really because of him holding this piece of paper that he has lipstick on his hands or is it just because he freaking put the lipstick on the chicken and was touching lipstick and then also wrote this note and the chicken is just a, a chicken and yep. not... I know, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Well, I mean, so dude, great. even... Like, what's even, in his head? <laughs> oh, I know. Well, this that's why, like, I'm, oh, hold on. I've got so many other thoughts that, like, go beyond the story of that. And I think we're at, we're at a probably pretty decent point to wrap up at least our thoughts around the noir story and get a little bit more into some deeper parts of the episode. But did you have uh, some more, like, concepts of just, like, a the story front to back uh and then yeah with lorraine yeah. getting away in the end the she sails off on the on the yacht uh 
I, I kind of, I, I thought that the funny, like you'd sail off in the yacht in the sunset felt very like James Bondy, like, yes, definitely. My so. ex lover, my ex lover got away with the crime, but I'm going to let her get away with <laughs> it. You know, like, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think and Nemo I definitely love that envisions. Oh, I was just going to say, I love that. She's just like it, this, this relationship between her and Bimo is so fascinating to me because she, it's like, oh, do you still think about us? And I can't remember. He like kind of smiles when he's leaving her room that first time. And I can't remember what he says, but he's basically just like, no, I, certainly not. Right. But well, then at he, the end there, he, he does. Yeah, he that was when the, Lorraine, the special growing up kissing spot. Yeah. Well, Lorraine was like, did you forget about what happened between us? And that's when Bimo says, forgetting it in my job description. That's right. That's and, right. And then she was like, um, that was when they mentioned the secret grown up kissing spot was where uh, the sock was, I guess that's where the sock was hidden at the end of the yeah. day, which the funny thing is that does lead to the belief that BMO's secret adult kissing spot is, is on Finn's pillow. Oh yeah. I know. And Jake which comes back in and he's got that target thing that he put on at the beginning mm -hmm. of the episode that we had no idea what it was. And then he had a freaking arrow out of his head. That scene at the end there is my tops of the episode. Hands down. Yeah, which my is favorite BMO part of explaining the what happened with BMO's day. And then they're just like, yay, yeah. BMO. <laughs> yay, BMO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. BMO solved the case. And then like Finn's like blushing and so happy for BMO, like so genuinely like, oh, BMO, you're the best. I'm so glad you solved the case. I don't care about my sock anymore. Even though I was kind of pissed off at Jake about like, did you take my sock earlier? And Jake goes, our chicken's name is Lorraine. Our chicken's <laughs> like, name is Lorraine. <laughs> it's like, yeah, dude. It's Lorraine great. gets around. It's, She's like it, making out with BMO and, and your your mouse friend. And they're on. I, how do you not know this, Jake? <laughs> how do you not know? Well, yeah, no, I mean, it's it's fantastic. I feel like I, I've got more to say on it. And it gets it all into my like deeper concepts of the episode. So let's take a breather real quick and then we'll get back into uh, getting deep on it just like everybody likes to do Mondays used to be so easy we were halfway through recording our weekly Adventure Time podcast in terms of conversation we were more synced up than ever but something was off I could tell Russell was going to gaslight our audience with his dumb ass theoretically speaking nothing out of the ordinary there but why did he want us to meet 30 minutes late why was his room so ill-lit, his video feed so out of color. It was then that I noticed the lipstick on his right hand and the sock on the other. It was just like he had been masturbating. Just like the lighting fading to the dancing, shadowy gray. Maybe Russell was in over his head. With the BMO Noir case, maybe I was on the edge after walking. A different way home. The only thing I knew was, in fact, there was a soft bite of my 50-year-old scotch and that the man, Russell, that I knew since university was dead. Welcome back, everybody. I hope you're doing well. I hope uh, my co-host is doing well, and certainly not, you know, debating whether or not I'm. I'm. I'm just me. I'm just who I always am. Uh, I can't imagine you feel any other way. I, I was not doing any sort of masturbation. I, I, not that I heard <laughs> your internal monologue, but I'm just saying I certainly was just reviewing the the Bimo Noir files. They're right here in front of me. The the lipstick that was used and and the missing sock and the, the grape juice. Anyways, maybe I'm protesting too much. Maybe it was me. Welcome back, everybody. I'm, I hope you're doing well. I hope you enjoy yeah. that commercial break as much as I did. 
Yeah, so I had to improv that one a little bit, guys. Russell, yeah, Russell, yeah. Russell wrote a line in there that said, uh, a can of lipstick in one hand and a sock in the other. And I think our, our minds would have all been in roughly the same place at that point. So it could be I implied. Just, I could. I, I, I'm, 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 the mystery, I, dude. I had, to, you know I, had to, I had to be there. What's great about Pinot Noir, as I jokingly said last night to Allie, is that there's so much mystery. There's so, like everything about what is happening this episode and also every like film noir thing that I was watching all the parodies that you would see anyone ever do. Like the, the beauty is in the mystery. The beauty is in what's missing or what's unsaid. And the, uh, maybe that was supposed to be unsaid, <laughs> but anyways, maybe, maybe so, maybe, maybe so. so. Uh, yeah. I ruined the noir aesthetic, some, <laughs> some Ned aesthetic. It's maybe all good, sugar, bro. Maybe. It's all good. Uh, whoa, whoa. Uh, what is what is my sexy sound bite? I can't remember what it is for La- uh, Lorraine. For Lorraine? Oh, I don't for think Lorraine. I have. We don't think we have the sexy. We don't have the sexy bite. sound bite. Ah, oh, we'll have to right get that now. for Michael. Well, as it was, I want to make your babies. Um, <laughs> I want to have your baby. I want to have your baby. Uh, is what it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so I, I was thinking about this a good bit, right? And you know. BMO did it. That's my theoretically speaking. If you really, if you really want it, okay. Um, it's not. That's not my theoretically speaking. It was football. Just kidding. Again, that's not Dude, my theoretically okay, speaking. Okay. Okay. Pause there. Pause there. Let's, okay. We're gonna get into because we talked about like the story breakdown, just like yeah, the who done it mentality. Now we're gonna get a little bit of like kind of the the I would call it the apex of this episode was kind of the BMO gets knocked out by Officer Davis. Maybe one of the cats the cat. in the house. <laughs> yes. Uh, knocks yeah. himself out, falls down the ladder, ends up in the treasure room. And he's woken up by Nectar dream, after the dream sequence. Well, yes. in the dream sequence, you know, there is that scene that is, I think, I think what I read, and if I'm trying to remember correctly, is a film noir is The Machinist with Christian Bale. Great movie if you haven't seen it, uh, where he punches the mirror. And the whole, also, that whole movie is again like, the audience is only seeing the reality that the character sees, but the character is actually doing all of it, but not realizing it. And that's very similar to like BMO Noir's whole story in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, but I did have the whole like mirror punching. I was like, okay, the thing that we know about BMO having internal monologue and having made up characters that is that football exists in BMO's mind. And I was wondering through this whole thing, it's really weird that BMO did not have, you know, in a lot of these detective movies, they either have like the boss that's like, hey, like be a good detective. Don't be like rogue anymore. And they're like, no, boss, I'm going to be rogue. Like you can't tell me what to do. I think that football should have totally played like the boss cop and been like, BMO, don't go rogue on me here. Like follow the rule book and BMO being like, no football. I have to, I have to like, I can't play by the rules. I can't follow the yeah, football yeah. rules anymore. Um, well, it's interesting. Even the cops, I was like, they seem sus to me, right? Because Ronnie's confession, they're like, oh, that's good enough. Like, hey, don't, Bima goes, well, what about the missing sock? And then the cops just like, yo, case closed. We're good. We, we don't need that. Like there are several moments where Officer Davis or one of the cats is kind of like, kind of sketchy, kind of, maybe they did it, you know? Yeah, well, well, here at the end of the day, too, Finn's sock is missing. It's not like BMO knew where the sock was the entire time, right? 
There's no way oh, that BMO he, knew he where it. the stock. No, I don't even think BMO took the stock. I think that like, Dude. you think that BMO put so? the stock in the pillowcase? I think that like, I think that that's that's what's implied. That's what's heavily, heavily implied is that BMO did this because he's bored. He's got I nothing else so, to do. Yeah. They're going guess, on an adventure. A chance. He stole the sock. He put it in the pillowcase. And then he creates this story and goes through and does all this narration and whatnot. Yeah, you're you're right. That does make more. That that's a better. That's a much better. Uh, theoretically speaking, here. Theoretically well, speak. what is your theoretically speaking? What my, is your well, theoretically speaking? My theoretically speaking was that it was just football in the mirror, um, and that football again that it it plays to the fact that like BMO is so alone that BMO is going crazy. Like okay. And, and, and half of it is like, and actually getting back into just fun podcast talk. I mean, I remember growing up and going over to my friend's house on Sunday afternoons. It was uh, him and his younger brother, like a year younger than us. And like, we would just play imagination for hours, man. We'd yeah, be like, with the chapstick okay, in a sock. I'm with the chest. Gross. <laughs> got your back. I got you oh, back. You got me back. You got me back. That's that a good one. That was a good one. You son of a gun. So you're you're I like that you think that there's this Tyler Durden, there's a you know, the fight club things going on. Yeah, I think for, football and BMO are definitely like it's kind of a Tyler Durden uh okay. mentality. I like, that. I like that. I you wanna know what my theoretically speaking is, Ned? Yes. Okay. In my mind, and this is, you know, a, a little bit of a stretch, but I've got some reasons for this. We're going to take into consideration that Nectar, Ben, and Jake are kind of outsiders to what's going on. They act as kind of not really part of the film noir aspect of this episode. Mm-hmm. And so with that in mind, let's go into my theoretically speaking, where I'm going to say Ronnie actually stole the treasure and killed Bebe. Uh, we only really find out uh, that it was BMO through the flashbacks. So this when we have all the hints about BMO doing it that occur all in BMO's mind after he hits his head, uh, mm-hmm. which makes the narrator, in my mind, untrustworthy to begin with because of the head injury. That plus, it could be argued that BMO is generally an unreliable narrator anyways. He's got this wild imagination, yeah. the split personality, which we just talked about. The only moments... Based in reality are with Finn, Jake, and Nepter. Finn and Jake act as yes man, facilitating his experience. However, Nepter offers a reality check to BMO, saying that they're both robots, but BMO sidesteps it a little bit and claims that no, we're not alike, right? So it's a real, like, you are a toy moment that Nepter gives BMO. Ironically, though, Nepter also offers hint of legitimacy to BMO's conclusions which is that Ronnie killed uh, Bebe and stole the treasure because he knows the mouse as Ronnie for some reason. He claims he knows that there's all treasure the ca- missing yeah. from the room. Yeah, Neptune, he knows Neptune Bebe knows all the characters. as the remote. Yeah. So, yeah, and he knows that a sock's worth of treasure was missing from the room. So, in my mind, Ronnie, Ronnie did it. Like, this is a legit mystery that Bemo solved. Well, that's solved. what I'm saying. If, if Ronnie actually did it, man, then Ronnie... Bimo wouldn't have put the sock in the pillow. It would have been Ronnie. That's what I'm saying. But I, the, the sock had to be an aspect of it all too. So and you, I totally you're, agree. You, you are contradicting yourself to a degree. Well, no, I'm. What I'm trying to say, Ned, is that this is my theoretically speaking. That is kind of goofy, kind of a reach in a sense because 
Though, like I said in my argument, that there is the moment where he hits his head and then you have the flashback. Is the flashback reliable? That could be argued. But I think it's pretty obvious that BMO is just playing a fun game with himself to pass the time until they come home. And then Finn like celebrates it because like, yeah, I'm glad you had fun, BMO. Like, way to go. Have a good day and whatnot. But it's all like BMO, just his imaginary play that he's doing. I really do think the show leads the audience to believe and the show wants the audience to know that BMO is doing all this for fun and that he stole the sock and he put it in their place and that obviously he's doing a fake narrative for Ronnie who's not really a like sentient mouse you know like he's just a mouse that BMO voices but what is interesting is that Neptor does for whatever reason recognize Ronnie as a legitimate character as the mouse mm-hmm. and he does recognize Bebe the remote control I mean yeah it's uh, obviously something that BMO has shared with Neptor to some degree yeah that all these like that the remote in the house is called Bebe and that Bebe has yeah, this yeah. It, it, ingrained relationship with or sexual uh, <laughs> relationship with Lorraine to some like sleeping with Lorraine but um no, I, I I was trying to dig deeper on this episode as I was watching. I was like, I just can't hit it. And I think you just hit the hammer on the head with um the moment with Neptur. And I don't I think it's now kind of like it, what you just said is kind of striking me as very intriguing is that Neptur has that moment where he's like, Hey Bimo, like, would you like to we should hang out more? Like we're the same. Like we can yeah, go on you're, our you're own. Like, we toy, can have <laughs> Neptor and and you do see it. Like I've got the 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 uh you know the pop animation of Robin Hood Bemo, Robin Robin Hood Bemo. And Bemo and Neptor in that episode are playing with each other. Like they're playing uh uh Friar Tuck and Robin Hood. Um yeah. so it's not like it doesn't happen, but it is a very interesting perspective that you introduced of like Neptor going, hey, we're robots. Like we should go hang out. And Bemo's like, no, I'm going to choose to continue to be kind of in my like weird, lonely fantasy. Um, yeah. And the very literal sense of we are not alike, Bemo saying that to Neptor, what is he saying? Because Neptor, in my yeah, mind, knowing, to, always, not knowing the show, he's like, Neptor is a robot that was created to do a task to prank, to make pies and throw pies. Whereas BMO is a like very sentient, I mean, not that Neptor is not sentient, but, but BMO is a very like self-sufficient, like he's just a different level than Neptor in my mind. Yeah, he's, no, the, in, in you're hitting something that does come up with, you know, BMO's origin story with where to, where to, where's, what's a Mo, what's a BMO, um, and yeah, BMO doesn't, but B- BMO doesn't really know this at the time, if I'm not mistaken. Like BMO's still very unaware and childish on purpose because of all this. And there is a, a big like coming of age story that comes later. And I do think that BMO views itself differently than Neptor because Neptor was created by magic. It's sentient, but doesn't really have like a heart. And Neptor is kind of just like, would you like a would you like a slice of pie? I can mm-hmm. give you a slice of pie right now. And so BMO, I don't think, I don't know, it's, it's not a racism thing, but it's, it's <laughs> maybe BMO is being no. like uh, quite elitist, being like, look, 
I'm different type of robots. I've been alive for my entire life and you have not like yours was created out of the blue and mine was not. I'm like, you know, Hmm. interesting. kind of probably how we would view AI be like, Hey, I was born a human. I was born sentient. And like you were created as an AI. You're not real. I don't know. That's so fascinating. That's what I would say. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm like. It was one of those weird little four seconds of this episode that was kind of just like, what was that interaction of like Bima being like, me and you are not the same, Neptur. It's just this whole episode. <laughs> you know? Like, I think the reason we're having such a cool kind of almost debate about like what we think really happened is because in my mind, as I'm watching this, the writers, and I apologize if you can hear that train in the background of my house, but the writers were thinking on so many different levels of like meta. They were seriously, they were Mm -hmm. writing a noir mystery for the audience while also it being kind of a play pretend thing for the audience. But then is the audience tracking or should the audience be led to believe just like in the Joker movie, like that he's insane the whole time. And Mm -hmm. maybe Maybe it didn't really happen or maybe maybe it really did happen and maybe we should trust this unreliable narrator. I, sh- I certainly want to. I want to trust BMO as much as I can. But there's too many things. I, I haven't even mentioned this, but there was another moment when the reason that Ronnie has lipstick on the back of his neck is the lipstick is on BMO's hand from putting it on the lips, Lorraine's lips, right? And mm-hmm. so when he, and when grabs, he grabs the back of... When the he neck, grabs Ronnie to stop him, yeah, that's where he the puts lipstick it on is there. on his neck. Yeah, so, yeah. and then he's like, how's Lorraine? I mean, <laughs> it is a I great mean, little it's, twist, it's a, but it's, yeah. it's, the, it's the reason why I love, I mean, in like, I don't know, every basic ass white guy loves Fight Club. <laughs> like, yeah, when you go back yeah. and watch it, you see the subtle nuances of, oh, that actually did happen. Oh, it does prove my point to where he was like not conscious the whole time, you know, or yeah. he was... He was Tyler Durden the whole time. That's like whole, I think that's Bemo's mentality. She like can watch back and see. It's not that it's Bemo gets knocked out and half of it's proven. Like you see Bemo's hands taking the batteries out of Bebe. Like, yeah, uh, there's like one person listening to this who's like in a much younger generation than us. And they just went, now I can't watch Fight Club. Still watch it because where is my mind by the Pixies is in the <laughs> final scene and it's amazing. No, <laughs> it's still worth that, it for that scene. It's one of those ones. Everything we've said that, that Fight Club's weird enough to where, like, I don't know. I also watched it when I was very young and I didn't know that like trippy movies existed. And then like that movie blew my mind because I was like, I didn't know movies could do that. Like, yeah, you, you still uh, really will get so much out of it for, yeah. again, this is a silly like, white dude's perspective of fight club but i love it it's a, no, it's it's, a good it's, movie it's a very fun movie it's very cool and like if you start getting way too like douchey on it and being like yeah what the, what they do is yeah i'm, I'm living i'm living by fight club yeah no it's just, it's just it's just a, a, a actually a book that was pretty shitty and they turned it into a much better movie oh, and they, i didn't know that uh oh no the author of the book said they did the movie better than he <laughs> That's like he great. admitted it. He admitted it. He was like, "You guys made this movie better than I wrote it." Yeah, and and Brad Pitt is, I mean, Sexy. some of the hottest, some of the hottest Brad Pitt. I mean, it may be for mm-hmm. the male gaze. But I think, it, I think it. No, I think that's hottest Brad Pitt. My, yeah, my personal I, opinion. 
like I said, it, it may be for the male gaze, but I'm about it. I'm I'm into it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> As a straight white male, I I am I don't know why white why I even had to say that. But regardless, we're moving on. Tangents, no tangents to that. Back to this. I want to discuss. <laughs> Give me, yeah, give me, give me what you transition. want to discuss out of this episode, because like I, I feel like I've tapped into at least in terms of the deeper aspects, kind of hitting on the football scene, hitting on the, uh, the dream sequence, hitting on like yeah, BMO being kind the of more fun uh, scenes, aware and yeah. unaware of everything that's actually happening. So like, what's what else you? Got? I just want to talk about Bebe for a second. I want to talk about okay. that Bebe scene because we kind of skipped over it. It's fascinating. That in my mind, this is the moment where like Bimo's morals are really in, come to question and he's really in too deep in the situation and he's too attached to what's going on. He's too attached to Lorraine. He's too attached to his or in his anger with Ronnie. And then all of a sudden, Bebe is with Lorraine and that, that makes him mad, right? And he phrases, he sets the scene up by kind of making you not like Bebe by saying, he yells at ladies. So immediately we're all in, oh, well, he's a bad guy. Like the audience is is framed to believe we don't like Bebe. I don't care that he has a cool nightclub or whatever. Like he's a bad dude. Bimo comes in, steps on him, smothers him with ashes from the fireplace. And like you can really, that's like the most emotion you get out of Bimo is in this scene where he, he almost realizes that he went too far. He's like, I need to wash up. And I'll come back and make sure you're okay. And of course, when he comes back, Bebe's been killed by Ronnie uh, or in the dream sequence by Bimo. But well, it's, you, it's a you, really fascinating scene. You can potentially factor that scene as, as important for the show because at this point, this is the, like, the, um, the factoid of the episode. Lay it on me. That this is the first Bimo only focused episode. And we've said, when, when are we going to get that? You've asked me, when are we going to get that? Up until oh, this yeah, point. I did. Yeah, you were like, when are we going to get like a full-on BMO episode? I was like, it's coming. It's coming this season. This was it. So it's happening. Now, at this point, we do see or we feel that, you know, BMO is this chuckly, fun, innocent character, childlike. Um, Jess provides like fun little, you know, excerpts of but yeah, it goes to soccer practice, gives them video games. So the fact that even that scene with Bebe happens is the capacity for BMO to have a dark side that although it is possibly totally constructed, it, it's possibly BMO wanting to play out something that he's seen in a movie before, but that BMO has the capacity to tap into something that's not so like childish and innocent or anything like that, you know? So that's, I think that's kind of an important part of this episode is to show that BMO has a much, much wider range of emotions than we had really expected, honestly, or at least had just been, then been aware of and up until this point. Unless you're listening to this podcast, in which case, you know, that BMO does have a cheat code to trap people inside of his video games, which <laughs> that was our, does. that was one of my favorite, like OG Russell, theoretically speaking. So BMO <laughs> is BMO is OP BMO yeah. core, core meta, uh, never ending adventure theory. So maybe he, maybe he does have a, I wonder if he, 
certainly mm-hmm. he wasn't in Jake's gang where he's stealing purses from old ladies and whatnot, but it sounds no, like he no, was no. doing well, worse we things. Get, we, with Distant Lands, we do get when BMO came into Finn and Jake's life. And I, I think it was post Jake running with Tiffany and the gang. Okay. Interesting. So, well, cool, man. I mean, the only other thing that I think we're really missing is again, the moment to kind of top that to my theoretically speaking, but not getting too deep into it. That scene with Neptune where he does confirm that the only people that have been, or the only other person that's been downstairs was Ronnie. So again, mm-hmm. you're constantly kind of being led to believe like, was it Ronnie? Did Ronnie do it? Was it being, you know, it's just masterfully done. There's so many little moments that cause me and you to kind of be saying the same thing without their theoretically speaking. And then at the same time, kind of being completely on different perspectives of what actually truly happened in this episode. So it's, it's a wonderful episode. If you haven't seen this in a while, I could not recommend it enough. This is yeah. one of my favorites from season four so far, maybe from Adventure Time as a whole we will see but we'll talk about that when we wrap it up either either end of season four possibly end of season five we might do a a a recap of favorite episodes so far um it could be a good one to do it at the end of our season four special because season five is going to be 50 something episodes it's going to be many (laughs) more that will and many more that will top what we have already seen i can tell you that for sure but i think this one in a way of just the writers Again, I think just at the core of this, it's the writers flexing. I think it's the writers flexing and going, we like cinema. We like these film noirs. We have this ingrained in our training and our like passion for the industry that we're in. And we can do that in 10 minutes with a cartoon robot, you know, and oh, do it really man. fucking yeah. well, too. It's true. And being like, look, you know, oh, you think we're not good writers? Let's do a whole 10 minute film noir sequence that invokes emotion and passion and love affairs and murder. <laughs> you know what I'm watching tonight? I, this is just making me, I have what to do, you, do it. What are you going to watch? The, the name tag episode of SpongeBob, which is obviously oh, a, a film noir reference, right? Or like yeah. heavily, heavily influenced by film noir. So I'm, that's what I'm going to probably be doing after this if, if I can't help it. I love that. I love that. Well, I... yeah. I don't know if I will go film noir tonight, but I was like, it's, it's a tough one. It's, it's one I think that I always have a, and, and again, it's probably why I wasn't a huge fan of it, of this episode, even watching the show for many years. It's just like, I don't, I don't think film noir is like my niche. It's not my niche genre, you know? Yeah. And well, that, I do no disrespect at all, but. And I, I agree. It's going to be hard for me to like get into the classics, like the forties and the fifties. Mm-hmm. Cause I just, I'll be honest, like movies were just slower back then and movies have gotten too fast in some ways, in my opinion nowadays, but they were just written different. There's just something different about that age. Yeah. Well, and, and I, it, I love what it inspired more than I think I would love actually diving back into Mm-hmm. like the classic film noir films. I, I but, think that it's definitely, well, you, well, you were talking about Cowboy Bebop earlier where like it gave you film, uh, film noir vibes. I think that Westerns somehow stood the test of times and everybody, you know, Star Wars is a Western. There's Westerns, Mandalorian now is a, is a full on 
OG, like from the freaking 1950s Western, like through and through. And the yes. film noir is one that I, it's again, it's that whole neo noir film aspect. It's nobody's really done it exactly the same or exactly perfectly. Robert Pattinson, Batman's pretty darn close. Joker's it's pretty so darn close, tropey. but that's. But yeah, I guess so is Wild not, West. So is the Wild West, yeah. like the West. I don't know. Hmm, it's hard to do it without seeming like cliche, which again, that's that. That's why Watchmen felt a little cliche because yeah. there were just scenes in that that were like, yeah, I'm a mystery man, murder face. I'm mm-hmm. a rogue cop. I'm a bad guy. Like, and it feels like it just feels a little cheesy, you know? Well, Ned, what, what did you think about the ending with Finn? I, I was curious about your opinions on how Finn handles this. He's, he goes from being mad and all that stuff. And Jake's like, yeah, you can still have fun with only one sock. Um, and we'll just skip right over that sexual innuendo. But like, what, <laughs> what are your thoughts on the way that he cheers on BMO and he's not mad at him and he just like accepts and per, like facilitates this craziness that is oh, in life. I had a thought on it. It, it reminded me and it was, a second one of my deep thoughts. I didn't think I'd get into this one, honestly, but it's a little like how when I work from home and I do all like my sales stuff and I'm in HubSpot, I'm dealing with clients and I deal with the minutiae of my day, right? And when you share that with somebody that's not experiencing the same experience as you, I go and share that. And the only thing that, you know, Jackie can do is be like, that sounds awesome. You're doing so well. And I'm like, I know I am like, thanks for letting me vent. And I think it's totally, it's totally BMO venting of being like, here's all the things that happened in my day. And Finn's like cheering BMO on. And yeah, it's like a positive vent and and Finn is there. They're like, hell yeah, dude, way to go. Hype them up. So it's, it's patronizing, but it's also what we all go through in everyday life, man. It's like when you when you go to Alley and you're like, I, I kicked ass today. We signed these clients. We, we found all this money. Whatever it is, she doesn't know what the hell's going on. Like she yeah. doesn't actually really truly get like the minutiae of the software and the, and the Excel sheets you went through to find that money. But she's going to be your cheerleader, you know? Yeah, and I definitely so understand I think that because cool. I, I think about that where I'm like, man, you know, from an outsider's perspective, my job in some ways currently really just kind of looks like I'm sitting there clicking my mouse sometimes on spreadsheets. Yeah. <laughs> you know? well, so it's, like, that doesn't you know, seem it's, that it's, hard. And that's, <laughs> that's the, well, that's the delicate, it's the delicate balance of things of being like, I have to share this with somebody. Who I share it with, they're not going to get, they're not going to, they're not going to know. They're not going to know everything I did, everything I went through. But I have to be okay with them just like being my cheerleader. I just, because I just have to get it out there. Just have to say what I did in, in my day today. And yeah. that's what BMO does. And Finn, Finn hypes up BMO. BMO is excited about it. And I think that that's a very healthy, uh, I mean, ro- I, roommate situation. Because BMO yeah. is one of their roommates. No that's, that's really what it is, is BMO is one of their roommates and, Finn and Jake go to adventures. BMO just hangs out at the house. That's, yeah, and and Jake learns you know. that his chicken's name is Lorraine. So we all win in some ways. I think that's a great deep thought, Ned. I, I really yeah. like that one. That's the and I I, I I thought about that and I could not spin that into a lesson, but I could spin that into a, a reflectiveness of the world. It's just like, dude, fucking listen to your friends when they yeah. want to like when they want to spill their their guts about their life. Like hype them up, dude. 
you're never gonna you're never gonna fully get what they are going through. But doesn't mean it's not like a badass film noir episode of their <laughs> life, you know? That's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, you don't know yeah. if they just went through something like the the coolest badass film noir mystery or not, or whatever it is, action film. Have. Um, but dude, hi- hype your friends up. Maybe maybe that's my lesson. Maybe I just came up with my lesson like on the spot. It. Hype your friends up. My lesson is way deeper than that. It's really heavy. Stick with me. It's going to take me like 10 minutes to say it. Okay. You don't need two socks to have fun. That, <laughs> that's my lesson. That's your lesson. My, my, my surface level lesson of this episode was don't have love affairs with sketchy chickens. They'll double cross you. Oh, yeah, they will. Freaking femme fatales, man. Femme fatales. Hate to love them. They going to get you. They gonna, They're gonna get, you. get you. Lorraine. Lorraine was a, a red flag from the start. Smoke My, show. Smoke oh, show. Yeah. Red flag. Red flag. Total red flag. Um, not my type at all. Chicken, obviously. <laughs> not my type at all. Just a chicken. <laughs> I don't know. With some good lipstick. I don't know. I mean, I'm not a lipstick. Fried, I'm not a lipstick guy either. Yeah. Yo, yeah. Yo, you fry that up and then like put some barbecue sauce or some honey mustard on there. I'll, I, I, I'd uh, dive deep into that. Yeah, Lo- Lorraine, Anyways, Lorraine so much had for... the Colonel's secret the whole time. Huh? <laughs> no, okay, we got to wrap this up. We got to wrap it up. <laughs> it's getting too weird. It's going to get y'all. weird, man. Thank y'all so much for joining us. We'll get weird one day. Maybe if we do a Patreon, we can just have like a really weird Russell and Ned drink and get crazy episode. Say uh, yeah, like we'll we'll triple down on the whiskey and just get extra weird. <laughs> well, thank y'all so much for joining us for another wonderful episode of the never ending adventure podcast uh this was such a pleasure to talk about i i just so hope and i know y'all know what is to come but i just so hope the next episodes are gonna be this good now do you know what episode that we will be talking about next week offhand um i'd be curious I to find out certainly a second and hold on give me f- about four seconds oh, and put i will on the figure spot. it out and i will keep talking because i looked it up for this it is ooh the return oh, i'd say return it's king worm i'm oh, we got man. a weird we got yes. a very oh, acid trippy episode next week it's one of the ones that i think is very adventure time on brand but it's it rubs me the wrong way it ends really poorly it starts here and this next week's episode gets referenced in like fucking like season six or something like that. <laughs> and hey, it makes, it makes me think, Oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going we'll to get into it. it. I'm gonna, yeah. Ne- yeah. We're doing King worm next week. Man. After that, <laughs> it's Ricardio. After that, it's lemon grab. Ew, so we got some, we got some returns of Ricardio and this is actually, this episode is, is a much better Ricardio episode. He's still a dick, but All right. well, it's a better Ricardio episode overall. Hug me. Hug me. That's all I can think about is the <laughs> king worm. I quote that sometimes and I'm like, I don't even think it's a good quote. I just, something oh, about it. Oh, so hard. This, this one is the return of king worm. Sorry. Yeah. Cause you know, that whole episode of like the hug me, that's At what the very is. end. Okay. Yeah. Next week, we're going to talk a lot about this episode in the sense that, because it's the return of the King Worm. Did anything between that first King Worm episode and this one actually happen? Wait, since That's, then? Since then. 
I hate that. I hate that. Are you serious? I hate this theory. I've heard it from other people. I've thought about it myself. It's we're We're gonna have a very good talk next week. I don't know if it'll be a great episode of the Adventure Time. It'll be a great episode of a podcast. I'm I'm coming pissed. That's that's gonna be the mood today. Was happy. Come in hot. Come in with hot takes, please. Hot takes. Hot takes. Hot buns. Can you eat fried worms? Anyways. Thank y'all so much. You can check us out on Instagram at Never Ending Adventure Podcast, TikTok at Never Ending Adventure Cast, Twitter at NEA underscore podcast. Email us your thoughts, your opinions. I had a traveler's log and I apologize. I didn't do it this episode. We're 56 minutes in. You know, next week we'll we'll talk about some traveler's logs. Y'all got enough of that the week prior to this. Um, but thank you so much for joining us and uh checking us out and subscribing on youtube and whatnot and just doing everything you can to share and support our community and be a part of the travelers and be a part of us and of course gosh dang it y'all party forever oh i love the you guys you know that every time we do the podcast i love the you guys and we do we do the adventure time we talk about the show it's so good it's so good it's so good